If you're anything like me, you spent your childhood assuming that one day you'd meet your Prince Charming. You'd get married, you'd have a nice house in the suburbs, a dog, a career, and a couple of kids. It never crossed your mind that Prince Charming wouldn't come along, or that tragically you'd lose him before his time, or that your marriage wouldn't work out, or even that your biological clock would have other ideas. Or maybe you never really wanted that sort of happily ever after. Maybe you never wanted a man, but you did know you always wanted children. We're living in an age where for the first time, women can embrace motherhood on their own terms. They no longer have to put their lives on hold waiting for the right man, or settling for someone who they know isn't right for them, just so they can become a mother. More women than ever before are embarking on the journey to become what's known as a solo mother by choice. And while for a lot of us it doesn't feel like a choice, but more a necessity, the bottom line is there are now options for you to be able to fulfill your dreams of motherhood if the traditional route isn't playing out as expected. The No Need for Prince Charming podcast will share stories of Australian women who have successfully become solo mothers by choice. They each have a unique story as to why they decided to pursue motherhood in this way and the journey they had to go through to make this dream a reality. The hope is that by sharing these stories, you'll have the knowledge and the confidence to embark on this amazing journey yourself if you determine it's the right one for you. In the words of Walt Disney, all of our dreams can come true if we have the courage to pursue them. All you need is faith, trust, and a little bit of pixie dust. Hello and welcome to the No Need for Prince Charming podcast. Today's episode is proudly sponsored by City Fertility. With a diverse range of sperm donors to choose from and no waiting time, City Fertility are ready to help you fulfill your dreams of growing your family, just like they helped me grow mine. Visit City Fertility today to learn more. So welcome to the podcast tonight, Christine. I'd love to start by understanding what led you to become a solo mum by choice. What was your journey? Uh, well, it took me a long time to make the decision. I think I always wanted kids, uh, but life really just got in the way and I lived here and then moved over to the UK and then it was just a bit of fun and stayed there a lot longer than I planned. And by the time I come back, trying to get back into life in Australia and so forth, it just I sort of put it on the back burner. And then I was actually dating a guy wasn't interested in him but it made me actually realize I wanted wanted a child because I wanted family and that connection so I went and got tested um and found out well I didn't have very many eggs left um because I was a bit older I was in my mid-40s by then so I then thought oh well what else can I do um and a friend of a friend had had got had a child through a donor and I didn't even know that existed so I sort of connected with her and had a bit of a chat to her and she went to Africa to have it because she had problems with her eggs um so I started investigating that route and went to our Facebook groups are amazing right so you get on a million Facebook groups and found there was a whole group of women that couldn't obviously have children themselves. I, when I got tested, I could have tried, but I figured time was against my side because I was about 46 then, 47, and I thought if I try and it's not successful, I'm getting older and older and didn't want to be 50 and have a child that late. I know I'm not much off it, but, you know, I didn't. (laughs) those years counted. So um, I looked into the donor and decided to go down the donor route. Um, That was with my eggs because I didn't have many. 
um, and ended up going to Africa and did did the went down there and um, I was lucky. I actually was successful the first time. Okay. Uh, so I was very pleased with that. So that was great. Uh, so if people don't know what the process is, it's a bit like dating for both. That's the way I looked at it because you have to, you, in Africa, it's a, it's basically anonymous, but you get to see with the donor egg, you get to see what the mother looks like or the, the donor looks like when they're a child. You get a few pictures of them when they're a child. You don't get any idea when they're an adult. Um, and they only give you first names. Well, actually, they can't remember. I think they just gave you numbers, a bit like when you get sperm generally. You don't know too much about it. You get all the history, like the mental history, their physical history. If they've donated, they're only allowed to donate six times. Um, and then they can't donate anymore. Um so these, I found a donor and I thought, oh, she she looked meh, similar to me when I was a bit younger. You never really know, to be honest. Um, but she had to pull out because she was in uni and that didn't work when I wanted to go. So I was planning, I think that was around February, March, and the way my doctor had worked it out, I needed to go over in June. So she couldn't do it. But her sister happened to register the same day. So before she even got onto the system, the donor company that she was going through contacted me. And as soon as I saw her, I went, yep, that's it. I don't know what it was. It's a bit like when you do internet dating, you go, yeah, that, 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 I, I might want to see that person. And so anyway, that's how I chose her. Um, and then they sync your cycles together. And so then she can have the eggs and you take um you take pills to you know like the the pill to sort of sync your cycle with hers and then you go over and they I was over there just as they extracted all the eggs and she had she had eight viable oh no she had 15 viable eggs so yeah. quite a lot and um when the sperm donor when it would all worked out I ended up having eight embryos wow. that worked so yeah gosh that's a lot I was very lucky I, I had some friends that didn't even get one or one viable um embryo so it was quite a lot um do they have so that was restrictions on the egg donors like do they have to be under a certain age to be able to do it or something yes 32 I think exactly. it was 32 or 33 they couldn't they couldn't be any older than that um, and I think the same with the sperm donors, they couldn't donate too much. Now, it was interesting because with the sperm donor, I wanted to know he had children because then I knew he could have children. I mean, if they donate sperm, I'm sure they check all that, but just to be sure. So he actually had a child of his own and another lady was pregnant by the time. They told me that he had someone else that was pregnant, so at least I knew his sperm was Good to go. And both the sperm and egg donor were both from Africa? Both from Africa. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, they basically, when I chose the sperm donor, for me he was at the same centre, but if he wasn't at the same centre and through a different place, they would have 
they cryo and sort of bring it over to the where the where she where they do the um, in the lab where they put them all together. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So then you do the conception, which was kind of weird because my mom was in the room. She was sitting there, so she was there at the conception, <laughs> my son's conception. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she was there. She was also there at the birth. Um, so for her, she's in the whole cycle. Um, so, so I fell pregnant. Um, had I had a brilliant pregnancy. I love being pregnant. I had a really good pregnancy, no issues. I mean, I had a couple of bleeds in the first trimester, but I was fine. Yeah. Had fantastic pregnancy. I ran until I was 32 weeks and then swam until I gave birth. I'd just finished doing half Ironmans and stuff, so I was pretty reasonably fit. Um, and which what really annoyed me is if you're over 40 I don't, and you're pregnant, they call you geriatric pregnancy because you're too old. They call you geriatric now. Is it 35? Yeah. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. No, no. And I, and I sit sit in the waiting room going, I'm probably fitter and healthier than some of these women here. So, but anyway, I had a perfect pregnancy. I loved being pregnant, had no issues whatsoever. Um, They wouldn't let me go past 40 weeks, which I was really annoyed at because I said, you know, he he's not cooked. He's going to come out when he's ready. But they insisted that um, I have him beforehand and my water's broke, but they had to induce me. So, um, And then I had him naturally about 12 hours and, yeah, that's it. Drove myself to the hospital and drove myself home from the hospital because, really? you know, that's, that's what you do. <laughs> yeah. My mum was with me, but it was a manual car and she was freaking out about driving the car. So I said, oh, I'll drive. It's all right. Well, she didn't have an emergency Caesar, otherwise she'd have to work out how to drive home. <laughs> yes, yes, that's right. So whilst I thought she was going to drive up to see me every day, I was paying for Ubers for her to get to and from the hospital to come and visit me. So. Oh, mum. <laughs> um, I know, I know. But um, that was that was basically it. And so I had Braden when I was 47 um, and lived in Melbourne for three years and then decided that I wanted to be up near my family in Brisbane. So I moved up to the Gold Coast. So I'm up here now. So I'm closer to mum and dad. So, which is good because it's, um, I don't know if you, if you don't have family near you, you just, you can, it's nice to have a bit of a break or, you know, well, them to spend time with their grandparents, but also nice if you can have a bit of a break occasionally because I didn't really have that in Melbourne. As we talked about, COVID and stuff didn't help either. <laughs> so, How old's Brayden yeah. now? He's five, five and start. He's at prep in school. Oh, yeah. Wow. So, yes, yes, he's a um, a live wire. That one uh, always has woken up at five, five thirty, and in the summer up here, it's four. Oh. Um, so, even with blackout blinds, so, maybe yes. you need to get back into your your triathlons and just push him along with it or something yeah well I used to I used to push him in the pram yeah so when I was running so when he was he was my uh, running buddy so um but that's that's really my journey in a very quick nutshell um 
but yeah, it was it was interesting because when I decided that I wanted to have a baby, I knew my mum would be over the moon because she's always, you know, always wanted to have children. And at one stage I had to actually sit her down and say, look, I don't even know if I can fall pregnant. This is when I was single. I said, can you stop talking about me having children? Because it's it's hard enough not knowing what you're going to do or if you can have children because at that stage I didn't think I'd want to have children. Well, I wanted them but not on my own. So um, when I finally decided it and sat them down and told them, she was very excited, but my dad was not excited no. at all. He was, no, um, you're too old, you're single, a bit old-fashioned in that way. He said, no, I don't think it's right. You know, you should be with a partner. So, I've waited like 46 nasty, years and I haven't found one. So, mm. yes, um, not in a nasty way, but more I think he was worried about me and how I'd cope. Are you going to be living in Melbourne and blah, blah, blah. So, but he completely changed. Now I work in change management and he's a perfect case of the denial, the resistance and going through the whole bubble and being so completely smitten with my son, it's ridiculous. So when we went over, he didn't like the whole me finding donors and stuff. He couldn't understand why I'd be doing that. And, like, I get it. It's just not what happens in their generation. But because I kept seeing pictures or profiles to my mum, he started to get more involved in it because he would start hearing about it and so yeah. forth. And then I took my mother with me to Africa and then when we found out we were pregnant, we, it's not my mom's job, but it's, it's basically, <laughs> um, when we came back, he, I had just come back and I'd gone to do a blood test and it was my mum's birthday, 70th birthday or something. So she was, um, we're having a little party for her. He went and told everyone that I was pregnant and, like, it's, I was only, well, 10 weeks or whatever it is when you do the donor stuff. I was like, oh, please don't tell people. But he was just so excited. And from there on in, he he has been an amazing support and the best grandfather to Brayden. And they're on the same way. Mum and I call them the kids, but he's just amazing with him and he loves him so much. So it's so interesting to watch the change and the transformation and they have a child. So it's been good. How did you find other people's reactions when you told them what you were doing or that you were pregnant by yourself? Most people um, were pretty good. My, a lot of my friends were very excited. No one had commented about my age. Some of my friends have, uh, some of my close friends that I've known for years, like 20 odd years and stuff, have kids, but Brayden's the youngest. So the next one up will probably be about, I think she's nine or 10. So there's probably about five years different. So I've got some older mums. Um, but they were all really good. No one, no one questioned it at all, which was quite nice. So, um, with work, though, they were excited. They thought I'd just put on weight because I'd stopped doing exercise because <laughs> I didn't. I didn't tell them till I was about five months. Oh, really? um, yeah. And not everyone at work knows that I'm a double donor. And to be honest, it's not really their business. If they find out, they find out. I'm not really that that bothered. But it's it's 
Um, a few people do, and a few people are curious. Some people want to ask you how it all happens and what's the process. I've had quite a few a few women come to me and say, oh, you've done IVF because they might not know at yeah. work and they ask me what the process is and all that sort of stuff. So I think for advice and so forth. But generally speaking, everyone's been really good. I haven't really, I've had a couple of people saying, oh, you know, you're a bit older, mum. I'm saying, it is what it is. So, and I'm okay with that. So it's not been too bad. So it's more about your age rather than doing it yourself. Basically. Yeah. People don't seem to mind. I think because I've been on my own for quite a while, people don't really mind about that. I mean, my mum's next quest is to get me with, to, for me to have a partner. And it's like, yeah, I'll work that out when I'm actually re- ready for it. It's hard enough looking after Braden on your own, <laughs> let alone trying to meet someone else at the moment. So um, I'm okay with that. But yeah, no, people were fine. I think. It was so interesting who rallied around you when you just had a baby and who would help out. And it's also interesting of the acquaintances that you meet, that you get on well with. For me, I don't know about you, I've had people love babies, generally speaking. There's, I can't find, you don't find very many people that don't like babies. But as the baby grows into a little toddler, some of those people don't hang around as much anymore because it's not a baby. I had a few, I mean, they're acquaintances mainly with work, but it was interesting. They'd always want to be there and help you. And then all of a sudden it's just sort of, you know, the novelty's worn off. The child's getting bigger and so forth. It's not a baby anymore, which is fine. I think um, they can kind of look after themselves a little bit. Like they can tell you what they're yeah. like, well, you, You'll be fine then. Yeah. You don't need, you don't need me. Yeah. But, uh, but, you know, some of the people that would, bring dinner around and stuff and help me out in that regard was really nice, especially when it's from a a corner that you just wouldn't expect. Like you're friends with people, but it's interesting how it brings best out of people as well. But I do find that I was, I'm not very good at asking for help. And I think if I reflect back on it, I think we're all a bit the same because we've done it ourselves. It's like, I can do this. I can do this. I don't need anyone's help. Because I'm strong, I'm tough, but you know, I yeah, if I could do it again or give any advice to people, it'd be ask for that help because people want to help you. I think there's almost like it. it's almost a guilt that comes with it. It's like I've chosen to do this by myself, therefore I have to do it all by myself. And it's a silly mindset yes. that we get into. And it's like we've just we've decided to conceive by ourselves. It doesn't mean we have to do everything else by ourselves, but Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I don't and, think any of the solo mums I have interviewed have been very good at asking or accepting help. So <laughs> no, no. Yeah. And I have to say I'm still a bit the same now, but I'm being a bit more lenient on myself and giving myself a bit more grace by saying, you know, it's okay to ask someone if they can help out. So yeah, because I find that a lot of my friends have actually turned around and said, We've wanted to help you, but we don't want to ask you because you seem like you want to do it on your own or you're you're fine doing it all on your own. So that's yep. where it's a bit interesting as well. Very yep. common trait with us all, I think. Yes, yes, I think so. So um yeah, but it's been good. I think uh and I, I'm I'm going on about the older bit, so more so for people that are listening who might be a little bit, you know, have enjoyed life a little bit more before they consider having children. The, I find that um, I went through menopause 
And I don't know if it was, I don't, I'm not medically science, but I reckon part of it was due to the IVF stuff because I seem to go through menopause quite early. Um, and so I actually went into menopause when Braden was seven months, as in oh, okay. having hot flushes while I'm breastfeeding and <laughs> trying to do everything else. So I didn't know where, you know, the the baby fog, the memory frog from men menopause and all that sort of stuff. I mean, I'm through it now, but having all that at the same time and trying to look after Braden as a baby when he's not sleeping and all that sort of stuff and not really knowing about menopause because you didn't really talk about it. It's not, it's talked about a bit more now, but none of my friends had gone through it. So I was one of the first to go through it and stuff. So it was all a very interesting road to go through it all at the same time did that impact so, your feeding or anything you're still breastfeeding at that point like did it no I was I was no uh no I still got I got my periods at seven months so I had that and then they would stop and start and I thought it was all to do with the hormones and breastfeeding so and I stopped breastfeeding when I was about 13 months I was a bit I was a bit over it by then it was lovely but I didn't want it anymore and I was going back to work so um I thought it was best to wean him and so I thought it was just all the hormones but I think it was all the hormones but the menopause as well so until you look back on it and go, oh, that could be why I was acting like that. So I'm not acting crazy so. person, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So having your first child a bit older, how did you find like mother's group and the normal traditional like, things, I guess? Oh, that not good. Nothing? And I not good in the fact that um they were all very young. Uh, and so you had less in common, and I'm, I, I can talk to anyone in any age group, but I found that they might not have been able to communicate as well to yeah. me. And being a bit older, you know, um, it just you have different interests. So the mother's group fizzled. My mother's group fizzled out really, really quickly. Um, but I knew some mothers through the donor um Facebook group that I was on and so we used to catch up so the there was quite a few well there was a few of us that had there was a run of about a year where probably six or seven of us all had babies oh, so yeah. we sort of kept in contact and that was actually really nice so um and I stayed friends with uh, quite a few of them um and saw them more than mothers groups and so forth but I still sort of find that now, um, even at school, like Braden's at school, the mothers are lovely, but most of them are a lot younger. So there's only a couple of people I know that are in their 40s that have children. So, um, yeah, so it's just just different ages, you know. It is what it is, right? So you just sort of just deal with it. So Yeah, I feel like there's yeah. quite a lot, few older mums I say older like my age at daycare but I'm finding that I'm socializing a lot more with other solo mums that I'm meeting through the Melbourne community as well so again they tend to be a bit older and, and more aligned I guess because there's not many of us that yeah quite early so most people are it's sort of late 30s onwards which is nice I, I have to say um since you first mentioned the podcast and I'd done a lot of thinking about it it's recently I went you know what 
I should see if there's any uh, single or solo mums by choice Facebook groups down here or groups down here. So I've it was only yesterday I decided to have a look, and there actually is. So I've put in a request to see if I'm on there. There's 75 people on there, so I'll be interested to see uh, when that happens, and I wouldn't mind catching up with some of them just to, you know, have a chat and see how they're finding it and stuff. You, you have an automatic connection, I think, with someone if they don't have a partner, and I don't know, it's you might still have personality differences, but you've got that connection that you can talk about stuff and it's okay. You can mention anything sort of thing about the whole process and stuff and it's okay. Yeah. So, Well, shame you moved out of Melbourne, but we have quite an active community here and there's kind yes. of ups in different suburbs every weekend. And I think the last one, I uh, it was about 15 of us with kids and some are like oh, just wow. considering and just starting out. So they come and ask people who have already been successful so they can ask all their questions about what's going to be involved you've got ones that are pregnant with little babies with older and yeah really big age range as well and it's really nice to, to start building that community oh and that's good kids, kids associating with other children that are donor conceived as well so they don't feel alone because i don't know lexi doesn't have any other friends at daycare anywhere i know that there's a few that are in couples that have maybe used um, egg or sperm donors but they still got a mum and a dad so yeah it's nice yes yeah it's interesting because I think I had oh actually for the first time Braden's best friend he's had him for a few years actually turned around and said um how come Braden doesn't have a dad of course the mum sort of almost freaked out and say yeah he's a kid he's just curious they don't really understand and I said well I wanted a child on my own so I asked some people to help me out because that's what I told Brayden. Um, and he said, oh, okay, and off he trotted and he went and back and played with Brayden. So that, that was question answered. But I've told Brayden, well, that sort of story since I could start telling stories because I thought there's, for me, he can know absolutely everything about it when it's when it's the right time and he's more curious about it but until then I'm happy for him to know that I just mummy wanted a baby and she had two people who wanted to help her out and so I still carried him and then he's seen all the videos of the the monster in the tummy you know it all wiggles around and stuff so he knows he come from me um but he he will know and he can have access to all the don- now the donor stuff's all anonymous but I am more than happy to give him all the documents when he's old enough if he wants to go searching um, so you're anonymous you is there any way that he'll be able to find out anything more about well him? I don't know with ancestry.com and all that sort of stuff it wouldn't surprise me but it is it is purely anonymous with the sperm it was just a number yeah and they give you his profile and so forth. With the donor, I think they gave you a first name, but I'm not even sure if it was a real first name. So it'd be unlikely he could, but he could always try, you know, so if he wanted to. And by the time he grows up, who knows if if it's going to be possible or not. So At that time, it wasn't um, really something you could even pursue in Australia, was it, if you wanted egg donor as well? No, no, no. And I did try and see if I could do egg donation here. Um, 
but it was very clinic specific. So you had to be part of the clinic to go on the pro on the wait list for someone who was happy to donate an egg. And it was 18 months. And I just went, that's too long a time because if I couldn't fall pregnant and I wanted to try again, that's it's just too too long for me, unfortunately. Um, I know a lot of people that went to Spain, some people went to Prague, there's a few people that have gone overseas, but I think there's it's better here in Australia now and there's probably a little bit more options available for people if they want to stay here and not go overseas. Not a lot. But... No, I'm thinking that of the people I've interviewed, the only person I can think of that did it in Australia was a known donor egg. I don't know anyone who's done right. anonymous or, you know. Yeah, I'm not sure about anonymous. I thought I read something in the paper the other day about they're thinking of doing that in Victoria. Hmm. I know um, um, there are a few women who have gone on to donate the eggs or have donated before they ended up becoming solo mums by choice. But I think, again, that would tend to be more they were donating to someone rather than right. donating yeah. to a clinic, I think. Yeah. You know, it probably would have cost me roughly roughly the same as what it would have cost to go through IVF here, maybe not so much if I tried with my own eggs. So you're not you're not supposed to pay for it. Yeah. Um, so you're not supposed to pay the donor, the female donor, any money, but you gift it because that's the only way you can. I mean, it was 700, was it? $700 or something. So they get quite a bit of money. And for them in South Africa, that's a huge amount of money. And it's anyway, so that was that. And you couldn't, you can't, you couldn't have the embryos come back with you into Australia because it, the embryos are classed as live flesh and you're not allowed to import it. I know it's a terrible way to say yeah. it, but you're not allowed to bring them back in Australia. So because a lot of women wanted to have more than one child, so they'd have to go to Africa if they wanted to use the same embryos in the same batch again. So, yes. So you kept your embryos over there or? Uh, they were there. I'm still not sure if they're there or not because it's over five years and I'm not sure what they were going to do with them. Um, you can get them destroyed or you can donate them, but it's over the time now. So, And, and to be honest, I think I don't want to know. They, they can choose what they want to do. So, um, and it's probably best that I don't know. So if, if Brayden ever asked me, I'll say I'm not sure what they did with them. So... <laughs> Yeah. Going into it, did you think you just wanted one child or were you hopeful for more? Oh, look, I initially in my dayhood dreams, I wanted twins, right? Yeah. And then I was like, I didn't have twins. <laughs> um, when I had one, I think if I was younger, I probably would have liked to have a second. But no, no, not, not anymore. I, I, I struggle with the lack of sleep and I think it's got, gotten worse as I got older. So, um, and yeah, no, one's fine. I mean, it'd be nice for him to have a brother or sister and that's probably one of the things that you sort of, at least with a brother or a sister, he could play with them instead of you being the one entertaining. He's pretty good at entertaining himself, but, you know, there's no guarantee that you're going to get on with your brother and sister as they get older anyway. Yeah. Um, and 
if I wasn't around, I suppose that's, you know, I thought, oh, well, at least they might have a brother or sister. But, you know, as I said to Braden, because he's asked me if he could have a brother or sister, and I've sort of said, no, mummy, mummy can't have one anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, you don't need blood to have a brother or sister. You can, I've got some best friends that are like probably better than a sister if I ever had one. So he went, oh, okay, all right, that's fine. So he seems okay with it. Just interrupting this episode for a quick word from our sponsors. Not only have City Fertility sponsored this episode, they are also extending a very generous 20% off discount for all of my listeners. That's 20% off IUI, IVF, ICSI, as well as six months complimentary egg, sperm and embryo storage. If you're just starting out or about to undergo treatment to make your baby dreams come true, head to the show notes for my discount code and a link to their website for more information. And so I guess the thing with using donor eggs and donor sperm in South Africa is, is there any access to any donor siblings or any idea if there are any? They're probably unlikely to be full siblings anyway, aren't there? Because... No, they were, yeah, very, very, unless someone used the embryos that were spare, um, like if the centre decided to use them, no, there would be, it'd only be half, half siblings. And theoretically, I know that he's, he's got his own son, the sperm donor. So there's one. And then there was another one. She was pregnant. So I at least know there's two somewhere. That's in Africa or wherever the person is, yeah, yeah. Um, so who knows if he might be able to find it? I don't really know if he wants to pursue that. So I'll have to cross that bridge when he when I when I come to it. But it's not much he can really do about that. So, um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. He doesn't. Well, he's too young. He's only five. So fine. He's got a few years to think about that as well. So you've been telling him his story for as long as he can remember? <laughs> yes, because I, for me it's important to know one way he doesn't have a dad um, because that was probably the first question and I just, we used to joke around that I'm mummy daddy. So I'm mummy daddy, I'm your mummy daddy. Um, uh, and... And now he doesn't want me to meet someone. I don't want you to meet someone because you're going to get rid of me. It's like, oh, (laughs) you're my first, first, you're first and foremost. Um, That would never happen. No way. Um, But he, he has asked is, you know, how come I don't have a dad? And that's why I explained it to him. So he knows, um, probably doesn't understand as he gets a bit older, he'll probably he'll ask more questions, I'm sure. So I'll explain it a bit more in detail. So as I said, he can have a look at documents when he's mature enough to have a look at that sort of stuff and decide what he wants to do. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think he's fine. He seems okay. As okay as a five-year-old could be without it. He he does it. I do think that one thing I want to do is because as you, as I found as I get older, I have friends that have partners, but he probably doesn't see as hang around as many males as what I used to. Because when you're younger, you used to have more male friends, but then they get partners and you see less of them and blah blah. So I'm conscious of that. So I'm trying to introduce him to 
places and things where he might meet male, he'll have the male support, for instance. So, I mean, he's got my dad and, and my brother, but he's joining scouts. He's going to join scouts and he wants to join scouts. So that'll be good for him. And so, you know, just sort of trying to get in an environment where he can meet different men as well. So he's got that sort of network of things to do. Like, you know, with the little boy, I got my dad to teach him how to go to the toilet, yep. you know, to stand up and talk about the differences between male and females and stuff like that. So just easier. Embarrass my dad probably more than Brayden, but, yeah, so all that sort of stuff. Has your brother got any children? So has Brayden got cousins? Yeah, he's got two children, but he's uh, 18 and 16 and the 16-year-old's a boy and he's brilliant with him. He, you know, my my niece was great with him, but she's now 18, so she wants to hang around the adults, which is, yeah. I understand that but my nephew yeah he plays with him all the time and he and they love playing together and he's really good with him so that's nice so you can get a bit of rough and tumble and stuff and my brother's brilliant with him as well um you know chucks him around the place and stares him up and everything that he should have done to him as a, as a you know with boys and stuff is what they do so it's kind of yeah, a they enjoy it form of his cousin then, then so that's good yeah that's right yeah yeah, he, and he loves seeing them, so, yeah, it's good. Um, but it's interesting as you get older, and, I mean, everyone does it, and we have to all, <laughs> this is one thing I've been doing recently is um, thinking about a will. And the the reason I wanted to bring it up is because, one, we're getting older, but also our parents were a lot older. So initially, for me, my parents wanted to take Braden, you know, if anything ever happened and stuff. But, you know, my dad's 80 and my mum's 76 and they've finally had to let them come to the realisation that that probably wouldn't work because they wouldn't be able to look after him. And so um, for people that are listening and considering the journey, you'll go through phases, but it's also considering who would look after your child. Um and it's not only look after your child who has the same beliefs and things that you do or you think they'll be loved as much as what you love them. That's been really tough and that's taken me quite a few years to work out what I want to do. Hopefully it never comes to fruition, but it's, you know, you, you have to think about that because you are older and, and your parents might not be around and you might not have any siblings. So it's something for people to consider. And they get a bit when when you have a child, especially when you have a child on your own, regardless of your age, I think as well. Yeah, it really does force those it's hard, all that sort of hard thoughts and hard conversations a lot earlier than probably couples do, but it's a really hard yes. to navigate, isn't it? Who who can possibly be you if you're not there? So it's really hard. That's right. That's right. Um, especially when so from my point of view, a lot of my friends have the kids have grown up and they've left the nest so where I had all my partying and fun stuff when I was younger um they're all doing that now when they've got their kids so you know maybe not so much partying but you know going out and enjoying themselves and and rediscovering themselves they won't necessarily want to look after children so it was a bit of a it was been a bit of a journey to do that and sort that out but yeah you've got it done which is good yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's been good. It, it, I wouldn't change it for anything, but 
it's a lot tougher than what I thought. Is it? I suppose everyone has to. Well, I I think it's it's he's he can challenge me and his personality. Yeah, we can we can clash. Um, but he's he's such a loving kid. It's just sometimes I find the challenging and trying to navigate how to lead him on the right path or let him go, let him just find out and, you know, ride that bike down that hill because you are going to probably hurt yourself instead of me telling him you can't do that and then he falls over and hurts himself because you know he's going to, but he needs to discover it on his own. So, yeah, that's the sort of stuff I find a bit tough, but you get there, you get used to it. So, And I'm sure everyone probably finds that tough as well. We're just harder on ourselves because we're the only ones. Yeah, that's right. Good cop, bad cop. You're a bit of both. Everything. Yeah. I know. I'm so (laughs) softer than I thought I would be as a parent. I just give her whatever she wants, basically. I cave on everything. (laughs) Oh, Oh, it's the it's trying to be the consistent all the time. Sometimes you just think, really, I just I don't want to deal with this anymore. I said no, I have to keep to my no. That's, you know, that's sort of things that I find a bit struggle sometimes oh, when I'm really tired. They're so manipulative, though. They find a way to change oh, I know. They know if they're bad you long enough, you're just given. Well, I will anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I try not to, I do. Um, or I, I come to negotiate. So we're doing a lot of negotiation because he doesn't want to do swimming at the moment. So I said, well, I... If you're good, you can get so many stars. And if you get so many stars, he likes ninja, ninjaro, Lego things at the moment. You can have a Lego thing if you have five good swims and you do this. Okay, all right. What about if I do four? (laughs) That's not the deal, dude. (laughs) Master negotiator. Great skill to have. Yeah, yeah. at five. (laughs) Yeah. But I wouldn't change it for the world. I made the right decision. You know, yes, I think oh, it would have been nice to do it younger, but I don't think I would have been where I am today. Yeah. And I think for me being a bit older and being on my own, yeah, it's tougher to navigate, but you work out the strengths you never really knew you had mm. and how you can get around it. And, you know, sometimes when you have the old there's been quite a few parent fails, but when you have the old parent win where you haven't got angry in the middle of the night because he's waking you up for the 15th time and you've just managed to put him back to bed and you go, I'm okay, I deal with that. All right. You take the wins when you get them. So it's been good fun. So if anyone is maybe a little bit older and just considering whether this is the right journey for them, what would you tell them? You need to think about not because I'm so practical. You need to think about the logistics on how you're actually going to manage it, it and if you can afford it. But let's say go with your heart if you in your gut and if you really want to do it, don't let people stop you. You need to do what's right for you because there'd be nothing worse than getting older when you're in your 70s or 80s and you regret that you didn't give it a go. Mm. So that's that's... I think that would have been for me if I'd have gotten older and I didn't even give it a try. If it didn't work, I would have dealt with that. 
But if I didn't give it a try, I think that's something I would have regretted. So, and there's so many beautiful moments that I just wouldn't change it for the world. So, what are you most looking forward to for your life with you and Braden? I would love to see him grow up and be a strong, independent, um, happy, happy person. And ideally, it'd be great if I could see him have kids, but, you know, no pressure on that one. <laughs> Although I did say I'd like to be a grandmother. Um, uh, and I just want him to have fun and enjoy life. So that that's what I'd like for him. For me, just spend those moments and remember those moments when he still loves you and wants to hug you and sit on your lap because, you know, as my friends say, it's going to be, not long enough, then he's been going, oh, I don't want you in my, I don't want you near me, you know, or I'm a teenager and I'm going out and he doesn't want you around anymore. So enjoy him as much as I can. It's interesting. I always wanted a boy because I feel like I'm probably more masculine than, than feminine and I do a lot of, women do sports, but I do a lot of sports. I like hiking, getting dirty, all, all that sort of stuff. So I thought, oh, yeah, boy would be really good. But, geez, they have a lot of energy. <laughs> and uh, trying to keep up with him. So that's just keep fit, keep up with him, have a lot of fun and hopefully create some really good memories that he'll he'll always cherish as well when he gets older. Well, he'll be able to listen back to this when he's older and hear how much he was wanted and loved and what his mum did to get him. Yes, yes, I hope so. Um, Yeah, I think that would be good. He'll probably go, oh, mom, did you have to say that? Yes. <laughs> you had to say, yes, I love yeah. you very much, Brayden. <laughs> uh, yes, I do love you very much, Brayden. So, and it's been good. And it's been good to do this and listen to your podcast and listen to other people's journeys and how people think and what they did to get there. So, And it's nice to know that there's a lot of strong women that listen to themselves and actually do this and you know do what's right for them we just so that's what you need to do this as an option nowadays aren't we i know i know so lucky so lucky and as you say in melbourne you can build that community um it doesn't take it can take a little bit to get it going but once you get it going it's 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 so nice to have it so well hopefully um, you'll get accepted into that facebook group and you'll start your own Ah, yes yes hopefully yes we'll see how it goes i'll let you know (laughs) well thank you so much for sharing your story christine i can't wait for other people to hear thank you and thank you for your time it's been great i'm alicia and this is the no need for prince charming podcast bringing you stories of australian solo mums who created their own happy ending If you like what you heard, please follow or subscribe to make sure you don't miss out on future episodes and leave a like, a review or share with your friends to help others find it easier. Bye for now.